Hey, everyone. Um, I want to welcome you guys to the third episode of uh, Design Kitchen, um, where basically we want to provide inspiration for innovation. And um, so today, uh, Stephen and myself, we're going to come forth with a couple ideas that we have. And, and, you know, really, this whole podcast is, you know, to make engineering fun and, and to inspire, you know, future generations and help people be able to connect ideas to, to action, whether it's, um, you know, us showing people that we're, we're implementing everything that we're coming up with or, you know, offering support for anybody else who's, you know, looking to kick off the next product of their dreams, basically. Yeah, so if you guys have any ideas, like we're looking for ideas. We're looking for more ideas. We obviously have many of our own ideas. I've had ideas for all my life and I just every, every day I think of new little things and, and many of them just never really come to fruition. They're more just a a passing thought and I write them down I, I always write them down and I encourage you guys to do that too because it's just it's just a lot of fun to look at them later and even if it sounds dumb at first a lot of times it's you look back at it later and you're like you know actually the maybe the application where I was thinking it was going to go wasn't quite right but now if you tweak the application you look at it from a different perspective you get more insight on it so um yeah if you guys have any ideas anything comes up just let us know, contact us. And, and maybe there's something like you want to, you want to develop it. You just want some inspiration. You want some, a little bit of help, know where to go, point you in the right direction. Just reach out. Mm -hmm. So we're starting out with, uh, with current events in, in science. So I found something online that was really interesting. I didn't have much, much of a chance to read into it, but basically it was woven nanotube fibers. They turn heat energy into electrical energy. So you can take heat from, and they, they're like woven, they can be woven into fabric. And I'm not yeah, entirely sure. I think maybe they're like into clothing even. Yeah. And yeah. they can take heat energy from the sun. And of course your body puts off heat energy. And if you can turn that into electrical energy and, you know, efficiency is probably pretty low. Yeah. But yeah. imagine if everywhere you went, like your clothes were generating electricity and you somehow we're able to charge your phone just by walking around right? yeah. <laughs> like a walking charging mat <laughs> yeah and, I, and I, I don't know how you know how realistic is that and how much power can it put out i don't know but mm -hmm. every bit of advancement in in technology starts with something small and it starts with something like the first electric cars were terribly inefficient i mean now look at us driving hundreds of miles on a single charge the same yeah. thing right so maybe maybe this thing can't charge anything maybe you can't do much at all but over time things build up and a lot of things do fall fall off they they were great in research but mm -hmm. they don't turn out to be very good in real life but i don't know this would be this one sounds really interesting it'd be pretty cool if i could walk around and be charging my phone and everything <laughs> all the time just by walking around and and you moving know, and then by laying in the sun <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, the, the funny thing is, too, that a lot of the times they'll come up with like random materials and it turns out that they don't really use them what they were made for. But like a couple of years later, somebody finds them and like completely like recreates this whole another industry. Absolutely. Yeah. Just like I was talking before, like if you have an idea, mm -hmm. you write it down or, you know, and, and this is kind of the same, same type of thing. Look at it from a different perspective for a different application and there you go now now it really takes off because if you're looking to put it into clothing oh maybe one shirt costs 
a thousand dollars. That's not realistic. Okay. Well, now maybe maybe it gets put into some other application where that cost is reasonable. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So. Or even well, I'm just thinking it could also be used for like analytics or something. I mean, if it's using heat mm -hmm. heat spots, you know, there's so many different, I guess, applications once you really start looking at everything but the logical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, you know, that's funny when it's something that just popped into my head when you when you said that is um what if you could and this would probably not have anything to do with this technology that we just we're just talking about but would you get a shirt or clothing that could measure local temperatures of your body throughout your whole body and if it was like for somehow for performance evaluation i wonder it probably already exists i don't know but well i mean I if that could be useful yeah, anyway yeah, that's a direct application of, of basically how you can take that same data that it's kicking out and just finding a different use for the data itself, you know, like the, the, mm -hmm. the heat. Look, yeah. you, know, you can add like, yeah, locationing or. Hmm. I mean, yeah, I, I see there's. There's a lot of directional like uh, heat type of thing that you can set up with it. Um, so an another interesting thing that happened this week, um, Steve, so I was, you know, reaching out to a couple companies via um, Infinity Skies. And um, basically, I ran into a person, and I don't want to release their company yet, they did agree that they might be open to joining us for another in or another show in the future and talking about their technology. But basically, um, you know, the, the urban air mobility market, it's it's something that's going to hit in the next, you know, five to seven years where they're going to have those little mini electric helicopters, um, basically taking people around the cities. You know, there's like partnerships with Lyft already. And um, so, you know, that's kind of the way it's looking. Basically, it started off as urban air um, for people transporting, but they're also looking into rural and like, um, you know, more suburban type of cities as well. And, um, you know, right now that technology, it's, it's heavily based on like being pure, you know, electric energy and whatnot. So the person that I met, they're basically developing a hardware slash a software tool that's able to collect just tons of data points and anomalies. So, I mean, can you imagine like if every person has their own little UAM private um, aircraft? Um, any little thing, whether you're steering wrong, whether, you know, one of your batteries is weak. So you need like these really high levels of, of redu redundancy in the inspection of the equipment. And that's basically yeah. what this does is um, it'll capture individual points and it'll tell you that there could be a problem before there's even a chance of being a problem. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, that's, that's going to be that I want if I'm in a little airspeeder thing. <laughs> Um, yeah, would, and that's going to be a big problem. Like, was the there's a there's a lot of challenges in in urban air mobility in general, and that's what well basically that's why we had we don't have them flying around just <laughs> yet. Right? There's a lot of there's just so many different potential problems, and you know the world isn't quite ready for it. But they are advancing, and and I see it coming. But yeah, something like that. Like, oh. Yeah, yeah. I, if one of my batteries is weak, I want to know before I take off, or, <laughs> and I want to know before I run into problems, before yeah, before anything happens, or 
if something's getting hot or yeah you know there's so many little pieces there's so many little pieces in a in a complete system you definitely want to have good like mm-hmm. redundancy in <laughs> inspection and just making sure nothing really goes wrong because yeah yeah well, what, what I, I, yeah go. i was just gonna say what i think it's funny actually um they've simplified this the these jovi aviation and these whisks devices um they actually took like the tesla electric car route where they just build it like almost like an entire cheap aluminum sand casting frame and then they just put a bunch of like small little um simple parts they went like as simple as possible and it's all more based on the electronics um so i think what you know, just a funny thing. Well, after speaking with them, um, you know, my plan is to go on like YouTube and look up people that are either like in the process of going into production or maybe they have like a pretty solid um, prototype that they build in their own home. And I'm going to start trying to reach out to these people and see if I can connect like that, um, um, this technology with what they're doing and basically come up with like a more robust um you know, market example, I guess market leader, you know, they, they can have someone that's been tested and then you can use that to maybe pivot that technology and, and applying it into, um, you know, into some of the more mainstream ones in the future. But um, yeah. I'm also interested because, you know, just how there's like the common cars, there's also like the airspeeder right so there's this company called airspeeder that i've been following that they basically they talk about like they're working on the nascar of um of urban air mobility and vertical lift and the way they they mentioned it which to me makes perfect sense is they talk about how all of the new technology in the automotive market whether it's like seat belts or sensors or whatever it was originally made in NASCAR because there's like no restrictions and it's easier to go to market with it. So what they're saying and, and the way I see it is like being able to get involved into that airspeeder market, you could technically in the future end up with like the Ferrari of the airspeeders. You know, everybody's going to have like the, the Fords and the Chevys and the Dodge. And if you really get in there, you know, because most of them look like little square helicopter little helicopters and these airspeeders look like something from like star wars or something you know some like airspeeder ship um so i i think that that market in itself is is pretty awesome um and it's kind of what i'm trying to work my way to get into too um but that that was just something I, i thought i'd bring up and hopefully i can get um the individual that developed that technology on the show in a couple of weeks and episodes after but um also, you mentioned that there was a website that could help people find ideas if they didn't have any. A website to help people find ideas. Oh, what was that? Liberia. No, uh, so. Oh, actually, I think I read it wrong. Yeah, the, the delivery is actually, it was just an idea that I, or something that I saw. Um, online that I thought was really interesting is this is an existing product. This is it's actually just a product, uh, a company that, you know, because like coming up with a product, a lot of them are just right under our nose. So this one's actually a company that's building reusable shipping containers for perishable goods. So like good, the timing of it right now being like, being that everybody's 
not everybody, many people are going to online grocery shopping, right? You just have it dropped off at your house or um, it might be shipped. So these are just reusable shipping containers and they're, they're like thermal. So they're designed for thermal performance and they're reusable. And they're, they're kind of like coolers in a sense, but they're designed for shipping. So I thought that was pretty cool. It, um, a lot of times there's just ideas just to, as like a little bit of inspiration, like it, it doesn't need to be a super complex idea. Nothing crazy. Don't need to completely reinvent the wheel, but just. Yeah. Just thermal it, packaging. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause I mean, I've ordered like meal prep services before and yeah, I just toss away entire like gardens of, of mm -hmm. foam or whatever they use different shipping contain compartments. So that, that, yeah, that would actually, you know, even if they use that and said, oh, if you, you know, ship back or something, you get like a, a discount or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. But I mean, it would like, probably work as like something like a core charge, basically. Yeah. You, you pay for it up front, but then you get it back if you send it back to them. Gotcha. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be interesting. I mean, if I was a meal yeah. company. Actually, I have a buddy that has a meal prep company. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let him know about it and see if they're using anything like that yeah um so you know i i think this kind of ties into that about food and whatnot um so i was thinking right this, this is like a kind of a funny way right so i looked out the door and it was like 100 degrees and i'm like i would never walk out in this heat i need like an umbrella or something and i thought about it i'm like why isn't there an umbrella that hooks to your backpack or to your so there's there's like little hat umbrellas there's one that like attaches to a little mini backpack and it just kind of hangs over you but then the one that i saw that was really cool was this backpack that basically there's like two pole extensions that come off the side and then the umbrella flips over almost like a you really have like your own awning as you're walking and that that backpack it's it's about 100 bucks it's it's not too bad but if i was gonna pay that you know i don't want it to only be an umbrella right um so i was thinking like what if like you have your backpack right and it has like little four little legs for for like grounding you drop it on the ground uh umbrella like full-on umbrella just pops out of it that's covering you or some kind of awning or shade then a little foldable table also slides out of it and it's maybe like you know a little tiny you know 12 by 12 table that that could you know compactly fit in your backpack almost like a like an airplane tray but now your backpack is stationed and there's an umbrella coming out of it and um a little table right well you can you know you can modularize it and basically have like a beach backpack where you could open like a compartment and now one of those open face tents also pops up. Mm -hmm. uh, and so now you're set up with like a little open face tent, you know, you can have a little built in stove um, like, like those picnic backpacks that they have, but they don't have the stove, but you know, there's so much things that you can, you can use that for um, another one. For example, if it was camping, you take the exact same backpack and you can put like the camping modular um pouches so now there's so instead of being a, a beach tent now it's a camping tent with a um you know like a sleeping bag hook and then it has like compartments for your trekking poles um okay yeah yeah so it's basically so you everything's modular so you could use it for the beach you could and there's like 
safe six different accessories that go with it that goes to yeah. the beach and then when you're going hiking or camping you pull those ones out and you replace them with the other kind which are a little bit different they have different attachments and different yeah purposes. all off okay. of a solid frame i was thinking maybe like a like an aluminum um box frame which is the the you know the edges to hold the structure and then mm-hmm. legs and then have everything inside of it built in on like slides and and extend extensions extensions and things like that almost yeah, like the, the yeah. with the you know all of that technology into a backpack yeah oh, that'd be pretty cool yeah so it would be like i'm going camping i need all this stuff that i need yeah. for camping so you just you grab your backpack throw in all the camping components to it yeah. and you're ready to go yeah you know you're not forgetting anything so all of your main supplies are there anyway yeah yeah even, you know, I was thinking even like, let's say you're like walking somewhere down the street, like maybe like a little downtown area or something like a beach area. And then you just take off your backpack, put it on the ground, right? It's going to have the, the footing. You slide out the fan and then you take out the little table and you could just sit there with like a little open um, mobile station, you know? Yeah. So I think that would be cool. And, you know, the price point, I mean, if you're paying a hundred bucks for for a backpack that has an umbrella, I'd rather mm-hmm. pay a couple hundred more and have everything else in it, you know, a built-in stove. Right, yeah. I think the modularity would make it like having all these various components. So you buy the base, so you sell the base backpack with mm-hmm. for, for 50 bucks. And then each of the components is $25 or something. So each, you, you just build it up as you want it, only by the components you need. Yeah, depending on, yeah, yeah. I think that would be, that would be fun. And because if somebody goes to the beach a lot but doesn't camp, well, yeah, they don't need the other pieces. Mm-hmm. So. Cool. Um, so that was that was kind of my idea for the week, and this one I'll probably pursue and throw in some some sketches. I want to at least see how things could fit together because um, that'd be fun. I mean, imagine like it's all little modular rectangles that are you know attached into the backpack, but each one has like a whole slide system built in that just completely assembles into something else yeah <laughs> modularity yeah you can have like a telescoping pole for example and then you bend that and then you like rotate it into like four and then you could expand the, the shield over it and now you have this huge like you know freaking like six foot shade over you just from a little backpack that you were wearing right yeah <laughs> the table and then since it would have, you know, the, the four base, instead of having like the flat, I would maybe put like four, four legs that maybe fold out so that it's literally like lodging itself no matter what terrain. Um, almost like a four on four motorcycle stands almost like. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I might throw something together. But um, I think this really ties in with the one that you mentioned about the personal fish cleaning station. Yeah, so I, I've been thinking about something I was just recently went fishing. I got home and I'm trying to clean these fish and I'm, I'm doing it kind of on my porch. I have a little cutting board. I'm kind of at an awkward position. I didn't have a, a folding plastic table, which really those are, that'd be pretty good for it. But, mm. but the thing is like, so when you're basically when you're preparing a fish, you're, you cut, there's a lot of scrap pieces, then you clean it. Mm-hmm. You want to bag it and seal, bag it and seal it. Probably vacuum pack it is what I do with a lot of my stuff before I freeze it. So 
So mm. I'm cleaning it. I'm dealing with all of the, like the waste stuff and trying to keep that from getting mixed up with the good stuff. And then it's, <laughs> it's a little bit of a, it's a little bit of a mess. And especially when you don't have a good setup, it, it really makes it uncomfortable. But mm. so if you had a fish cleaning station, basically like a little plastic folding table, you fold uh -huh. it out, it has a built-in like little um, sink on there and a built-in cutting board and you where you could just hook up a garden hose uh -huh. and turn the water on, clean your fish. It has like a, a hole in the middle where you could connect like a bag or something for disposal, like kind of like a, um, just some way to dispose of the fish. The other problem is disposing of that stuff. If you throw it, just tie it into a bag and throw it into your garbage can, it stinks. It smells horrible after a couple of days, especially after sitting in the sun. Yeah. I nearly had to throw a whole garbage can away because it, it smelled so terrible. <laughs> but, but if you Get any mag if you had something set up that was really well sealed, so you could just slide it all into the bag, seal it up, and then throw it away and make sure you know that it's not going to make a mess, not going to smell very bad. And you have all of your, like everything's really nice, easy, easy to clean up. Yeah. Sanitary, sanitary you know, because you don't want anything where, where the fish guts and stuff can kind of get into little cracks and, mm -hmm. and places. So yeah, I've been kind of thinking about it. I built one at one point and it wasn't ideal. It was a big stainless table that was not folding. So it was really kind of inconvenient, but it worked. But I'm, I've looked around a little bit, haven't seen, like I've seen little bits and pieces, haven't seen exactly what I'm looking for. So mm. yeah, maybe it's something, something that could fit the market. And especially if it's something that you could take with you when you go, yeah, that's when you go out fishing, let's say if you can, because they make like um, buckets for water with a pump, you connect your pump to it so you can do it even at the lake. So you yeah. go you fill your bucket with, with water, connect it to it, turn on a pump or maybe it's like a hand crank or a pressurized, you know, kind of like a um, chemical sprayer thing. You pressurize it, then you squeeze the trigger and it works for a little while. Yeah, right? yeah. So you pump it up, build up pressure. Use it. So yeah, I think something like that, that would be pretty, really nice. I mean, really the market for it, that's, well, there's, there are a lot of sport fishermen. And so I think there's, there's some value in a product like that. Yeah. I, I was, as you were talking, I was thinking you can have it like all modular out of a cooler or something that typically people are going to oh, yeah. get anyway. Because I was thinking, you know, it could be a backpack similar to my modular idea, mm -hmm. completely focused for fishing, or even like a cooler, right? Because you already have that plastic table, it would just be like a slide up. And then, um, you know, and I'm not too familiar with, with the process of it, but you could even have like hooks to hang it if you need to like, I'm thinking, I mean, that's more for cattle, but, you know. Yeah. No, yeah, that's that could be built it into a cooler, so you have kind of a multi-purpose thing, and mm -hmm. I like the backpack idea too. That could that could be good yeah. because really the thing is like carrying it around, and ideally you wouldn't be carrying it very far at all. But still, even if you carry it a hundred feet, it's nice to have some way to easily carry it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that yeah. actually, I'd be interested in jumping in on this too. You know, if it was like a some kind of because it could be, you know, for fishing, but it could also maybe modularly be used to hit other industries too, you know, that like. But what about, um, what about gardening? Say somebody has a garden and they want to clean their vegetables. They want to kind of cut them up, process them in, in some way, you know, to some extent outside, get all the dirt, especially root vegetables, right? You pull root vegetables out, they're covered in dirt. You want to cut the, cut little pieces off of them, cut the bad parts off of them 
So you have a little hole like for a, for a waste container built into it. So you can mm -hmm. throw all your scraps in there and you have your water running. You can rinse them off and prep them and have it set up. And again, even a lot of vegetables, you vacuum bag them or something like that. So you have it set up so it's really easy, convenient to process things quickly. Because I find that for myself is I have a, we have a lot of fruit trees out in the yard. Uh -huh. And, but really it's, it's like, I don't have a super convenient setup to process everything. So I find that a lot of it goes to waste. Yeah. And I'm like, man, if it was more convenient to handle a lot of this stuff, I would probably put a lot more of it to use, but mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be interesting kind of mixing the two. Yeah. Or at least having one for each one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It doesn't require cartridges. And then the other yeah so this, this other one so i've been i don't know if you've ever been mountain biking or tried to pump up a tire on a bike or even pumping up a ball but with yeah. one of those small hand pump things not i'm not talking like a floor pump but i'm having something that would fit in a little backpack yeah it's it's terrible times. <laughs> like this <laughs> they're little tiny things and it takes a long time and it's inconvenient so the big thing one of the big things with them is that it's a it's like an unnatural motion you know mm -hmm. you're the motion that when you're pumping with your hands whereas like a um, cycle motion when you're spinning it's it's so much easier because it's a continuous motion you're not reversing yeah so, no, that um so like a re rotary air pump they make rotary air compressors but now if you miniaturize that uh -huh. and put it into a little pump the the big thing about it too is i think you can make it a lot more compact so it wouldn't, or maybe overall volume, maybe be pretty similar, but it wouldn't be so long. So it would have, it would be more like a phone size, but maybe like you take an iPhone 11 or something yeah, and stack four of those on top of each other. So it'd be thicker, mm -hmm. but about the same dimensions. Otherwise, and you put a little hand crank handle on it, you crank that thing. So yeah. it would be much faster than a conventional pump. It would be more natural motion. And it doesn't require cartridges like a CO2. That's the problem. That's my big thing with CO2 pumps is I have to carry the cartridges with me too. And then once I use one, that's it. It's done. Yeah, yeah. So I think uh, I'd like to look into that a little more. I haven't seen anything that exists. I don't believe it does. And maybe it's, you know, maybe it's too expensive. Maybe it's cost prohibitive in, in some way. But I think there is a way to bring the value, to bring the cost down enough that yeah. it, it's reasonable. It's almost like um, you basically now you have a turbine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, putting because I, I can't pinpoint exactly what device I've used before, but it was it was a rotating thing and it had a button that the more I pressed the button, it would basically make that thing spin. And it might have been a, one of those generators. I don't know if you've seen that they have some rank. So the thing that went, it was just pushing that button over and over again, which basically that's how it transferred the motion into the, the um, rotation from manual. Yeah. So there's, yeah, there's, I mean, that would be interesting. I mean, that, that thing's never, never been um, changed since we were children and before yeah, that. I know. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that'd be cool. Um, I guess from my end, my plan for this coming week is just to start reaching out to private urban air mobilities. And maybe I can have like an episode heavily focused on some of the urban air and go more into that. Um, 
but I'm also, I think this backpack thing would be pretty fun. I might kick off some like industrial sketches too. And, and, um, you know, see if, if it's something plausible once I have it like, you know, in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to do a pretty similar thing. So I'm looking at the fish cleaning station, look at it, see if I can use something that kind of already exists mm -hmm. and just modify a little bit or in some way where it doesn't, so keep the cost down. If you can modify something, if you can take something that is like 90% there and you just modify it a little bit, yeah. you're, you're so much better off already because and, it, it's driving costs down because they already invested like some other, say if some other company you're using their product and then modifying it in some uh -huh. way, or maybe you piggyback off of it and use that same company that makes it. And mm -hmm. if you can, private labels. if they can use the same molds in some way, but yeah. just maybe modify them a little bit rather than paying a hundred thousand for a new mold, you're paying mm -hmm. 40,000 for a modified mold. Or, right so it you can, can drive costs down quite a bit yeah i mean you could always just private label it or uh, white label it too um yeah depending on the openness of, of the manufacturer mm -hmm. yeah um, and if you can or if you can just make a deal with them somewhere. yeah yeah you're like hey you know just sell me this product and add these features i mean if it's a contract manufacturer they should be open to it as long as they have the patents. I mean, if you, you could always go to Asia and they'll take anything from anyone. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm okay doing it. <laughs> like, like reaching out to them and having the product made. Um, yeah. Which is, I mean, I, I worked with that in the past. So I was, we could always, you know, if we need to go like full assembly line, like we can go on Alibaba, for example and just reach out to those manufacturers. And all of them, most of the time, are open to modifying the product um, if you ask them. So it's not even like breaking any copyright or anything like that. It's literally just pick a product and they'll modify it. Yeah. So I think that that's a good, I mean, that, that, that's kind of the start. I, I like, like what you said, finding an existing one and then maybe finding a similar one Yeah, so that's it for this week. Time to get to work. Get <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we had a great call today. Um, you know, we do want anybody that has ideas or that wants to bring up topics, um, you know, to reach out to us. Uh, my personal one, it's uh, angel underscore Lopez at infinitysks.com. You could also reach out to us at the information that we're going to put in the description below. Um, what about you? Do you have a specific way or do you just want to fund? Yeah, you can, well, you can email me. Um, so it's kaisersteven at gmail.com. So K-Y-S-A-R-S-T-E-V-E-N at gmail. But also I think the best way I think we, we can do is just set something up on the website so people don't have to yeah, try to remember anything. But if you can just click on the link, go in, go in the notes, click on a link, get to the website, contact us, and yeah, every, there you go. Everything's going to be in the description and, um, but yeah, no, thanks everyone for joining again and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Um, so have a great rest of your week and check us out at designkitchen.org.